Property Patriot, you are cleared hot. Hey, welcome to the Aim High Podcast. I'm Bud Evans, your host. Today we have Adrian Smoot. Adrian is a savvy investor with a unique niche and interesting journey to share. He actually wrote a book about it called How to Buy Mobile Homes. Adrian's start in real estate wasn't typical. Imagine a 20-year-old living in a house and subletting his rooms to friends. About a decade later, he mastered the art of real estate investing in single-unit mobile homes with land, a niche not commonly ventured into, but it's proven profitable for him. Here are three takeaways from this episode. One, his unique investment niche. It's not very common. Collaboration is key, is the second takeaway. Remember, real estate is a team sport. And finally, embracing risk. His journey wasn't always smooth, so find out how he started, how he struggled, how he recovered, where we provide real estate investors the tools to achieve generational wealth. This is the AMI Podcast, show number 54. Hello, High Flyers, and welcome to the Aim High Podcast. I am your host, Bud Evans. Today, I am joined by Adrian Smood or Smood. How do you pronounce your last name? You actually had it right the first time. Smood. Yeah, it's not rare. It's not often people get it right. We have a lot of mutual friends. We were just talking offline about how many people we know, including Jen Josie, who's a blast to hang out with. I know that you're an author. I know that you run a mastermind. I know that you are a mobile home aficionado and that you are all over the podcast circuit. Would you do me a favor and give me a quick introduction? Yeah. I'm Adrian Smooth from Plant City, Florida. So that's in between Tampa and Orlando. We're a little town. We're the winter strawberry capital of the world. And I started investing as, actually, let me back up a little bit, as a terrible tenant. That's actually what got me into investing. And I was evicted for spaghetti wrestling, pudding wrestling, mud wrestling. The short is you don't rent to 20-year-old Adrian. (laughs) But because of all that, I ended up buying a house, subletting all the rooms out to my friends. And then that's when I realized real estate's really cool because I was living for free. And let's just fast forward a little over a decade. I ended up in this mobile home niche. The single unit mobile home with the land. So not the parks, not the unit on rented land. It's a real estate transaction. And I have to over explain that a little bit because not many people are in that niche. Yeah, and That's it, what I do. I buy them and rent them out long term. And Adrian, I'm just going to say, you didn't just explain it. You actually put it out there so other people could learn it. People, to- Some people told me I put too much information in the book that I should have held some back for the courses. I just believe in good education. That's how I learn. So I put it all there. And if it's, you're an action taker, you, you can take it and take action and buy mobile homes. That's it, man. And listen, in, in this business, it's all collaboration over competition. The more people that you know, the more networking you do, the better off everyone is because we all make money. Exactly. That's how I get most of my leads is networking. I, I right? like people. Let's go over your first purchase. What was that like? Yeah. So the first purchase, I was actually really frustrated at a point in my life. I knew I wanted more. What I didn't mention earlier is my second deal I ever did was a short sale. I ended up losing it as a short sale a few years later. I bought the top of the market. I had the adjustable rate mortgage, all that stuff that was in the newspapers. But that left a little fear in the back of my mind. And then I started looking at these mobile homes because I thought we were at the top of the market. We're talking like seven years ago. So I've been extremely wrong, but getting that first mobile home, because that's the one I want to talk about. It's more fun uh, than the first house because I didn't know anything I was doing in the first house. The first mobile home, 
I was uncomfortable being comfortable. That was like my motivation. I knew there was more out there. I knew I wanted something. I spent the rest of my savings on this three bedroom, one bath, single wide with the dirt. A 1965. So it's a hurricane missile. So I'm in Florida. Remember, we get those hurricanes. Yeah. The septic is underneath the back porch. You know, walk through one bedroom into another one. I mean, everything people will tell you not to do. But I knew I needed to take some type of massive action, either get to where I really want to be, or I needed this like big splat moment. I didn't tell my wife at the time there could be a splat with it. But all successful people, I heard about their failures. And I'm yeah. like, I didn't have a big failure. So I needed to make movement on one direction. I spent about $20,000. We'll round up to that total making some mistakes, the closing and everything. And I was renting it for $475 a month. I didn't have to be that smart to realize this is gold. Yeah. So I just started repeating it over and over again. And now I have sold off all of my site-built, beautiful corner lot, ranch homes to buy mobile homes because of the cash flow. Nice. And by the way, that property today, I think it's rented at $720 a month. And we had to put a few thousand dollars into it. I, now, I, I'm going to ask you, though, now, no, having very little knowledge of the mobile home uh, market, how often do you have to, is there a, a, a shelf life on a mobile home? That's one of the common myths that they depreciate down to zero or you can't repair them. Like any home, as long as you take care of it, you can repair it. Now. The roof is really important, especially in those older ones, the 1960s and 70s, because if the roof is leaking and you leave it for a long time, the units literally melt away. But you can rebuild them if you take care of them. Mm -hmm. Is it always worth putting a ton of money into a 1960? Not typically, because there is not a ton of value there. But there's a value to us of renting it, like the money coming in. And there's a value to someone with a roof over their head that they get some affordable housing. So there is value that the appraisers and the banks and the property taxes don't value to us. There's value there. Yeah. Okay. That That's a great answer. Nailed me. Cause I was thinking like those things are only good for about 15 years, but I am sadly mistaken. That is extremely common. And these myths out there, I'm in the education world trying to help people learn it. But if you don't want to learn it, that's fine. More deals for me and you that want to learn about exactly. it. Which that lower amount of competition is one way I have found so many great deals. There's not people getting 20, 30 mailers a day on all these cold calls. and all. It doesn't happen in this space because people don't understand it or value it. Now, is that how you came up with Elite Level Mastermind, or was that? I'm in a bunch of masterminds, and one of them I was in, Derek's like, why aren't you running one of these? You love them. You get so much out of it. Why don't you run one and get paid to be in one? I was like, never thought of that. And it kept with me for months and months. I was like, all right, when something stays with me, uh, let me look into it. And I reached out to one of my buddies, Dave, and he was similar. Uh, he wanted to maybe do another higher level mastermind. So we started that for uh, high level real estate investors that are living off their real estate. And it's a, a passion because we take a turn 
So a lot of facilitators don't take a turn. We're like, no, this is a little bit selfish. I want to be in the rooms with even bigger players and smarter people than me. And so we put it together a little bit selfishly. Yeah. Nice. You know what though? It works that you're, there's a 10% rule as I understand it. Like you always want to be talking to the people that are 10% higher than you on the food chain. Uh, and then you want to provide some knowledge to the people that are 10% below you. But if you're setting it up so that you're, not only are you learning from the 10% up, you're also giving back to the 10% down. That's a fantastic method. Yeah, man. I love that rule. So now just out of curiosity, because we're, we're talking about mobile homes and you got your first deal under your belt and the thing is cash flowing, but what, talk to me about the things that can go wrong. Oh, things can go wrong. I could have made a super long list of these, but <laughs> uh, not fully understanding them. Like financing is a little bit more difficult. So I'll put that under that this category could go wrong because my second property, I was out of cash and there is no traditional financing for mobile right. homes. Now, luckily, I already understood private money, so I could go and make this deal work. But if you don't understand mainly private money and owner financing, yeah. you're not going to get very far in the older mobile home space, the 1960s and 70s. If you're going to play in the newer ones, we'll say the 1990s and newer, uh, you can find some bank financing. Uh, some other red flags, though, are the HVAC, especially if you're going to fix and flip them, because it's not super uncommon for people just to use window shakers, the window AC units. The bank doesn't allow that. So there could be a whole package units, what we call mobile home AC, like essential air, but those can be sitting there and the person, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. You can just turn that right back on. Well, if it's been years since it's been used, it may not work. Maybe the duct work is all bad. There's a lot of other things that can be there. Uh, mobile homes are typically more rural. And when people are not used to the rural areas, uh, they don't always think about flood areas, mm -hmm. uh, wetlands. They don't think about septic tanks, uh, private roads, dirt roads, uh, None of these are like deal breakers, but they're little items you got to understand, especially if you're fixing flipping them. If you're buying hold them, you still just want to know about them to know where your risk is and your risk tolerance. Great. You ever have any of them just go completely wrong? Septics are seems to be what go the most wrong for me. I'm not scared of septics. Uh, they they just cost money. I won't do it super in-depth inspection because that's my risk level, but I get a deal with a proper number. So when a septic goes bad in a year or maybe six months, three years, whatever it is, that the numbers are, are already there. It goes from a fantastic deal to a great deal. And then it, it's a property that keeps on giving is what I call it. I've, I've had two of those in my time. That every time we think it's perfect, then it gives another problem and another problem then it goes from a fantastic deal to a good deal. But yeah, mobile homes, they have the more risk. There's insurance problem right now, mainly in Florida. Louisiana's got some of it, but we can't get the old ones insured at all at, anymore. So the 60s and 70s, we no longer have an option for insurance. I used to be able to, but we have a lot of insurance problems in Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, we're a laughing stock of the insurance world right now because of our state. That doesn't mean I can't get liability insurance, which is to me the most important. If I can't get coverage on the home, that just means I need to get 
a better return on my investment because I have a little bit larger risk. Mm -hmm. But most of the country, you can get insurance of some type on a mobile home. Great. Septic is, dude, I, if I could never do septic again, I would be a very happy person. Let's take a quick break. Are you looking to fine tune your real estate journey? Welcome to the REI Roundtable, your gateway to real estate success. Led by industry veterans Bud Evans and Jen Josie, this accountability group is dedicated to helping real estate investors like you smash through your annual goals. With our unique approach, we break down your big ambitions into manageable weekly bite-sized targets, ensuring you stay on track and motivated. Whether you're looking to expand your portfolio, increase your returns, or simply get more disciplined in your investment journey, the REI Roundtable is here to guide you every step of the way. Join us and let's turn those real estate dreams into concrete achievements. Your path to real estate mastery starts here. Check the link in the description to sign up for the REI Roundtable now. See, I like the septics because a lot of people, like, you don't like them. So I'm like, I like to go where people aren't at. And that just means I get a better deal to take that risk of the septic. And that's a great way to look at it. Going where people aren't. Novel concept. <laughs> yeah, there's a, the Wayne Gretzky uh, quote, like, go where the puck is going to be. I, I can't remember the exact quote, but that's my style. All right, you don't like it. Most other people don't like it. Maybe I can learn to like it for the right price. <laughs> Are you going to continue down this process? What's on the horizon? I'm going to keep buying and renting mobile homes forever. Mm-hmm. Will I do other asset classes? Probably. I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm really good at staying in my lane. There's always going to be people in my area that need help. That's just not going to change. There's not a lot of people helping the people that own, especially these older mobile homes. Now, these days, I'm buying a little bit nicer of a home and owner financing off one of the older ones that are a little bit more work. They make a better return on investment. But today, I'm valuing time a little bit more than money. Through mega growth time, it was get the really high return on my investment, get where I need to be. Uh, I love teaching. So I'm, I am slowing down the traveling to in-person places to teach, but I still love doing that. It's a give back. It's a lot of fun for me. And it's very important that I'm passing on what I learned, what my mentors taught me. And if me and other people and like the podcast here, there's not platforms like this, it dies. And that's yeah. a shame if any information dies. So, yeah, I, I let me wrap this all up. I have a vision of my life and I have business visions. And my biggest piece on the education side, as long as it stays fun, I'm going to continue doing it. I love having fun. I love getting to meet new people. And I'm very intentional how I set that up. And as long as it stays that way, I'm not changing I really thank you for jumping on, not only onto the podcast, but also into the Aim High real estate investors network on Facebook, the aim high REI. I really do appreciate that. I know, you know, there was some trepidation when I you know, introduced myself to you. I was like, Hey, listen, it's a free site. We just go in there and we have conversations. I knew you were an expert in, the, in an area and I figured, man, I got to get you in there. So thank you very much for joining. And hopefully somebody starts providing some value to you so they can get some answers. And I appreciate you setting up the platform for both of the podcast and that group that is a give group. There's someone there that are only about selling people stuff. Yeah. But I don't want to run these so much. So I like just, as I talk about step in, have fun, 
yeah. and have to prep. You have to do all the hard work in the background for the podcast and monitoring the groups and stuff. I'm like, I just want to show up and have fun. Yeah. We both get the benefit from this. And then everyone else in the groups and listening, it's, it's all a win. My property management company has a saying that we're all in this together. And I find that across the board when we're talking about real estate investing. I, I love that. The abundance mentality. Exactly. Get away from the scarcity, man. Let's talk about what is one thing that you learned as your wealth increased? You've been doing this for a while now. As my wealth increased, I have really learned that the mindset is way more important than the money. And the wealth as we think of it is in the cars and the pretty house and everything. Actually, I sold our primary residence. Uh, I'm a, a tenant myself. I no longer valued mowing the grass and having all of these chores that come with home ownership as I traveled more. Well, I spend most of my time in the study mode of mindset and self-improvement, becoming a happier person. Uh, I'm very happy now, but I still know that there's a level I don't even understand and I haven't gotten to yet. And if I'm happier, then everyone around me is happier. And I love spreading happiness, sunshine, and joy. That lights me up. So then it's just a self fulfilling. I just keep going and going. As I keep getting feedback, I do even more. So it's really, it's the mindset is what's hard, not the business. We can give someone a business in a box and what stops them and messes them up is what's in between our, our ears. That That's the hard part. At least for me, that's been the really hardest part. That's an awesome point. The couple of things that I do coach on is that mindset. The scarcity mindset, as you brought up, uh, versus the abundance mindset is is pretty key. Then the fact that people look at things as though it's expensive, right? When you tell somebody, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a $250,000, $300,000 house, and they go, oh, wow, I, I can't afford that. And you go, wait, what? You shouldn't be saying like, oh, I can't afford that. You should be saying, is that all? It, one of my favorite mindsets with that is it's only expensive if you don't value it. Yeah. And there's something in everyone's life that we overpay according to someone else. But if you hate going to the grocery store and you pay that little bit of fee for then they drop to your doorstep, I don't mind going to the grocery store. So I think that's quote unquote expensive. But if you value that time or you get more time with family, it's not expensive at all. When I tell people how much I paid for my mentorship program when I yeah. first got into real estate, people look at me like I'm out of my mind. But then I tell them, here's where I was. I was active military. I was making this. And now I'm here and making this. And we're worth this versus we were worth. And, and it's just, it's relative. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I, I was shocked when I looked up to see how much I spend in education, mentorships, masterminds. I was like, oh, that's more than I expected. Yeah. I wouldn't trade any of it. I have direct ROIs that I can put on a spreadsheet. And then more importantly is the mindset and yeah. better relationships with my wife and friends and family. And I'm a happier person. And rocking the neon, by the way, Jen Josie and I were talking, I was telling her that you're coming on uh, the podcast and she was like, dude, always rocks a neon green shirt. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. I, I found it by mistake and people like it. So the original brand, when I'm at home and I'm buying mobile homes is my wife buys mobile homes <laughs> and I don't not seen in public without it. And then when I got to the education side, 
I just said, all right, I got to stick with the yellow. I'm known for it. And now I get pictures of people in yellow all the time or people saw someone running or crazy shoes that are yellow or now it's becoming a, a cool quote unquote color. Yeah. But then when I was studying colors, I found out I got a little nervous because this is a speaker training and they were saying you stay away from red and all this stuff that's mindset with colors, but they didn't mention yellow. I was like, this is my color. So I went up to a guy after I asked him what it meant. And he said, it's like happiness and sh- sunshine and joy. And I'm like, those exact words are in my vision for my life. He's like, then definitely don't stop it and talk about it. Nice. It's That's awesome. Just man. a happy color. It's perfect, man. It's fitting. Absolutely fitting. And it gets wow. attention, which is what I like. <laughs> I like some attention. All right, Adrian, we're going to go into the soaring four. These are the same four questions that I ask every guest that can help someone achieve new heights. The first one is, what do you use to keep yourself motivated? Little wins. Uh, So today I had my weekly meeting um, with uh, my office manager, and we have a section in there of a win. This can be from a resident lives in one of our properties, a student, a seller. But I believe that little section helps us when we're frustrated with maybe the property management or whatever piece it is, hearing that tiny little win. This week, it was one of my students got an offer talked about. It was a creative offer. And the first time he got a feedback, yeah, tell me more about it. That's a huge confidence builder as we're starting. Like Those keep me going through the tough times, knowing that we're helping people in all pieces of the business. Our residents, when they thank us, no one's ever treated me this way. That's huge. And that's what keeps me going. Nice. What's one thing you learned that completely changed your mindset? I know we already went down that path. I'm going to say The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Uh, There's a lot of things I've done, but that is probably one of my most basic. I'm putting quotes behind it. But when I do that, everything's better. Business, life, relationship. I'm a better person. And every once in a while, I get a little off track and I skip pieces of it. But when I do Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning, in my version, which is about an hour and a half long. Oh, wow. I, I've ex- expanded it and I like to read for until meditate. I want extra time. Maybe it's five minutes today and maybe it's 30 minutes. I just mm-hmm. want that non-pressure time. I'm just a better person and the world's a better person, a better view I have of the world. What tools do you use to keep yourself on track? My team. We do have two VAs and my office manager. A lot of it is giving them permission to let me know when I'm not on track. And the other really important piece is the vision. I have that written document that I did in a really good mindset. And I give it to people. Every one of my masterminds I'm in, my team has our business vision so that when I come up with a crazy idea, they're like, was this part of the vision? And we can keep going back to it. And sometimes I have to alter the vision, but other times I'm like, but you're right. I am getting a little shiny object and squirrel here. Uh, this is not what I say I want my life to be like. That's more work than I want. The vision is probably the most important thing in my life when it keeps tracking. Yeah, it keeps you focused, keeps you on track. And having those people that hold you accountable, that's a great tool. And what is one thing that you would change if you had to start all over? I take 
more massive imperfect action. I got that from a, a friend of mine, Bill Morello, and I'm not the massive overanalyzer, which I know we have a lot of those out there. The, but I still have found every time that I really start dwelling on a topic and I'm not really sure of the choice, I don't really get better results than taking a little bit of action, failing forward, asking my coach for help or my mastermind group for help, getting up and keep doing that over and over again. I found that has worked way better than taking months to find this perfect quote unquote solution or so the massive imperfect action, but you got to have help because we're planning to fail. When we do that, people that don't have help, that's not a good idea. Building the team. The one thing that I found both in the military and out is that you are only as good as the people that, that you surround yourself with and coaching hockey. I used to say, we are only as good as our weakest player. Um, so we used to, which I love your Gretzky reference, by the way. And the bottom line was some coaches used their third line as a resting line. And my third line was expected to contribute as much as my first line. So as that. we progressed through the ranks, they knew exactly what they were supposed to do. And at one point, I'm not kidding you. I left them out there for eight minutes and 30 seconds, which in hockey is ridiculously long, usually about 30 to 45 seconds. And these guys were out there just tearing it up for over eight minutes against the first two lines from the other team. The team is everything. Yeah, I love it. And I have found that ex-military are usually quicker and better investors because you've already learned it through the military. Mm -hmm. like you have the proven concepts us civilians have to learn it the hard way and we're slower. Yeah. We didn't have someone literally yelling at us to teach us these lessons. <laughs> so we go and learn it the hard way, the slow way. <laughs> there were benefits of being in and there were benefits to not being in. <laughs> I'm retired now. So everything's all kind of back in the, back in the day, but uh, Adrian, I do appreciate your time. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, first off, let me just say that this, if you haven't read this yet, definitely reach out. I'll make sure that the link is in the notes. Also, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, Adrian, how would they do that? You can do it through any of the social media platforms. I shouldn't say any. Facebook and Instagram. I'm not young enough to be on every social media. But really, I have my website is lifestyle-rei.com. If you go there uh, and put actually the backslash uh, aim, and then you'll get to uh, a link there that I have a free download PDF that debunks even more myths that we didn't talk about today. And it's just a, it's a give. And if I can help you in any way, reach out uh, in your Facebook group. That's another great way. Tag me. And so I get the little alert and I help out as I can. All right. There you have it. Uh, Adrian, again, thank you very much. I know you're busy. I really do appreciate your time. And thank you very much for providing some value today. You're welcome. Thank you for having the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks for being a part of the Aim High community. Your support drives us to create valuable content, and we can't wait to see your success stories in real estate investing. Till next time, Aim High, never stop learning. Bud Evans, signing off. We'll see you soon.